From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Career Talk on Business Radio. Here is your host, Dr. Don Graham. And welcome to Career Talk, your career insider here on Business Radio. We are powered by the Wharton School, and we are on Sirius XM Channel 111. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. I'm the career director for the Wharton MBA for Executives program here in Philadelphia. I'm also a licensed psychologist and former corporate recruiter. And I'm here with Michelle Stucker and Dion Simpkins, who you'll be hearing from later on the show, because this is our Halloween special, and we're talking all about scary job search situations. So, hey, does your employer allow you to dress up in the office? We want to hear from you. Tell us if they do and what you're going to be. We're taking your calls now at one eight four four wharton That's 844-942-7866. And to help us with today's topic, we welcome back Robin Ryan. Robin Ryan. Robin is the author of seven career books, including 60 Seconds and You're Hired, and she's been a career counselor for over 20 years and has appeared on over 1,500 TV and radio shows, including Oprah, CNN, and NPR. Based in Seattle, Robin has a busy career counseling practice, offering individual career coaching and job search services to clients nationwide. You can learn more about Robin at www.robinryan.com. Welcome back to Career Talk, Robin. How are you? I am great and excited about Halloween. Oh my gosh, (laughs) my favorite holiday. So are you going to dress up? Oh yes, I'm going to a Halloween party. I have a costume. I'm going to be a flapper. Fantastic. And I've been studying how to do the makeup and the hair, so I'm doing it all out. Nice. You'll have to you'll have to tweet us a picture. When's the party? Saturday night. Fabulous. So I have to ask that to Michelle and Dion too, because they know yeah. Halloween is, is such a big holiday for me. It's a big deal for you. It is. This is no joke. <laughs> um, like we've been talking about it year round, I think. Um, I am sadly not gonna be dressing up this year. Okay, we're going to fix that, Michelle. I'm moving. Oh, that's and right. And so, like, I mean, my yeah. move is the day after Halloween, so I am just slammed. No right. parties for me. Fair enough. All right, Dion. I don't have any plans for Halloween. Oh, man. Oh, my God. A, oh, my God. I have a costume wearing it. I can't remember the last time I dressed up for Halloween. Actually, actually I can. It's kind of embarrassing. All right. Well, he doesn't now, want to talk about well, it. Well, now that he it's put it out there, he has to t- All right. Come yeah. on. Let's hear it. I was Tim Allen. That's amazing. I'm just telling you that if I wasn't going to a party, I dress up to answer the door and give out the Halloween candy. See, Robin, I knew you're the right person for this show. I knew you were. Hey, if you're if you're listening, you're tuned into Career Talk, and we are taking your calls now. If it's Thursday, noon Eastern time, at 844 Wharton. That's 844-942-7866. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham, and we are here with Robin Ryan talking about scary job search situations. So let's just dive right in. There are so many scary job search situations. The job search in general, Robin, tends to be pretty scary. So one of the ones I get a lot is help I'm in the process of finding a new job and I realize I've let my network lag. What do I do? And that's a big one. Um, what do you think, Robin? Well, the first thing I tell them is sit down and write out who are the people you could talk to. And then go to LinkedIn and make sure that you've connected to all those people. Plus, think about former bosses, former uh, coworkers, and make sure you 
connect on LinkedIn with them because that's going to broaden out your network, not only for the people you know, but the people that they know. So what do you think about that first reach out, though? Um, I've had people reach out to me who I haven't heard from in years and years and years. And if their first email is, hey, Don, I need your help with these these three things, that doesn't feel very good. Now, I recommend that you just reconnect and say, hey, saw that you were on LinkedIn, just wanted to say, hi, how are you doing? How's your family? Um, bring me up to date. So in other words, make it social first, and then after you've established that again and kind of reconnected them later on, you can put the request out and say, I am job hunting, and I was wondering if you would know someone who works at such and such a company, or if you know someone who's doing this kind of job. But, but it's got to, you got to have that connection first, because remember, that's what it's all about. It's connecting. It's not asking for the favor. You ask for the favor after you've reconnected. Mm-hmm. Yep. And networking, one of my favorite topics, is something that I think, even though we say it a lot, that you have to do consistently. It's kind of like working out or, or you know, something that you want to work into your your daily or maybe even just weekly schedule because this way you're not going to find yourself in that situation. And there's some really easy ways to do that. Hey, if, you're, if your um, department's having an office party, you know, a great way to kind of put your face in the name of people. Maybe you just email all day. If there's an event going on that you know a lot of people will be at that you're, you're connected to on LinkedIn, again, go put a face with a name. Have lunch with somebody new in the office. I mean, these are things that you just want to kind of make a habit. And Robin, I like your idea of making a list. And I would say to do that for, for you know, for the year is to say, who who do I want to meet? What departments do I want to learn more about? Mm-hmm. What type of skills do I want to learn more about? And how can I work networking into my, into my monthly schedule, into my weekly schedule? LinkedIn makes it super easy. So... That's a really good place to start. Hey, we are talking about scary job search situations, Jay, and we're here with Robin Ryan. So here's one, Robin, that um, somebody emailed in. Hey, I worked my butt off on a project with my boss, and she took full credit for it. I'm fuming. What can I do? You know, that one's really hard because you don't want to go over your he- the person's head. But what you could do is put in writing and say, you know, I'm really excited, send this to the boss in an email. I'm really excited about how well the project turned out. And, you know, I just wanted to recap for you my contribution. And then recap in that email sent only to that person part you did. And then end it with, again, congratulations. I'm glad this turned out to be such a success. So that you have something in writing that shows, hey, this is what I did. You could use it at a promotional interview if you needed to later on, but you can't go over their head, and unfortunately, you can't make your boss look bad because that person can control your promotion ability at that organization, so you got to be careful. Yeah, and what we know is that people don't leave companies. They leave bosses. Absolutely. And, yeah, and what do you do in situations where you're you're hired and you know, maybe you don't have a good relationship with your boss or maybe you've gotten a new boss since you've been in the organization and you guys just don't click? I mean, is your only option to leave, Robin? No, you can look around, too, and say, is there another area inside the organization I could try to move to? You could talk to HR and explain to somebody there that you're looking for new opportunities and ask 
ask them to help you and guide you because you can use some of your transferable skills and build on that initiative that you're showing by going to HR and saying, you know, I'd like to move somewhere else inside the company. If it's a smaller organization, your only option is going to be to move out. Mm-hmm. So one of the, I just found this story this week, and I thought, well, this fits perfectly with our scary job search situations. And this is not what I recommend. I'm just going to put that caveat there. This is not what we recommend okay. if, if you have a bad boss. But this uh, <laughs> woman, woman added cleaning solution to coworkers' coffee machine for weeks. So a woman in Virginia tried to poison her coworkers by pouring cleaning solution into their Keurig coffee maker. Now, I have no idea what would make somebody do this, um, but it was. It, I thought this was, okay, this is extreme. Let's not well, get to this point. <laughs> that, that, and I just want to caution people, um, some college students at Washington State University did that a few weeks ago, and they sent like 13 kids to the hospital in the emergency room, and the kids had to stay overnight. That's how sick they got. Mm-hmm. So so maybe you're trying to do something that you think is funny and just give them a little bellyache, but um, stay away from those cleaning solutions. They used Windex and, um, you know, seriously, seriously put people in danger. So that I find that one horrifically scary. Yeah, it is scary because if you think that's the only outlet you have, I mean, if you're in a situation where you think this is the only thing I could do. So here's the thing. What if you feel powerless? What if you feel like, okay, I don't get along with my boss. This job isn't going well. I don't, I've been here 20 years. I don't even know how to do a job search. I wouldn't even know how to get started. Where does somebody go from there? Find a career counselor or a job search class. And a lot of community colleges and the continuing education departments at the four-year colleges offer both. So you could look at especially uh, a class on job search or career change and take that. That's going to make you feel like you're in control of your life. Very important for you to get that power back. And start thinking about, okay, what would I want to do? What what skills do I like using? Where would I like to go? Get online, do some research. You have to help yourself because if you get in that rut, you can stay there a very long time. It's kind of almost like a low depression. Mm-hmm. The only person that's going to pull you out is yourself and exercise because that'll give you some endorphins and a little positive support. Ask a friend to be a cheerleader too. Mm-hmm. And I like the idea of going to a career coach because it's somebody who will be honest with you, who will who will be your cheerleader, your accountability coach, who will partner with you in the situation and really give you the tools that you need to apply to get to the next level. So you you obviously um, are experienced in this next one because you've written a book that over 40 and you're hired. So another scary job search situation that we get a lot of calls on, Robin, is ageism bias. And hey, if this is something you're experiencing, we want to hear from you. 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. So people who are going back into the workforce and are getting passed over because the employer is biased towards younger workers. Robin, what can people do in this situation? You have to dispel the stereotype. And so talk about in the interview and show in your resume that you've accomplished things, whether it's just an internship, maybe it was only a retail job, but that you took initiative. Say something like 100% attendance. 
write a cover letter that demonstrates, you know, reliability, dependability, your interest in expanding your career, wanting to go forward, wanting to learn from um, people, because that's, that's going to be the best way. If you don't have any experience at all, consider temporary jobs. Go to a temporary agency and have them place you so you can start working and getting some skills and getting some work experience while you're still job hunting. And then you're making some money. I think for a lot of people that are just graduating and are, you know, in their 20s, the millennials, that's a good place to go because a lot of part-time jobs and just their retail or their fast food or whatever, um, you know, they're not going to add up to the skills you kind of need over time to get that entry-level job. And remember, soft skills are important, communication, listening skills, um, showing that you can do teamwork, very important to stress that. Mm-hmm. Hey, if you're just tuning in, we're here with Robin Ryan, and we are talking about scary job search situations. So, hey, if you've experienced something, maybe you've gone blank during the interview, maybe you're experiencing bias in your job search, or maybe you just have a general career question that we can help you with. We are happy to do that. If it's Thursday at noon Eastern time, we are live at one eight four four Wharton. That's eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. So it's Halloween, my favorite holiday, and for this special occasion, I did a little digging for some fun trivia. So we're gonna do what I have coined Career Talk Face Off Halloween Edition. And um, Robin, Dion, Michelle, you are all on point for this. I'm, I have five awesome Halloween questions, and I'm gonna. I know, and you guys get to just chime in, and and we'll see who wins. Great prizes for those who win. So here we go. I know. I know. So first question, and just chime in. The first jack-o'-lanterns were actually made from this. Go. I want to say clay. Clay. (laughs) Is that wrong? That's wrong. (laughs) Of course it's It's Dion. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) It's a food. I'll give you that. Okay. um... Apple. Nope. That's what I was going to say. Apple? Ne- you never want to be o- on the no. same page as me. <laughs> the, the first jack-o'-lanterns were actually made from turnips. Turnips. Oh, Ooh. wow. We yeah. would have never got that. Yeah, I know no, you would never got that. Not. But see, but see, this is important stuff to know for the for the holiday that's coming up. Hey, Halloween is the second highest grossing commercial holiday after this. What? Oh, uh, ding, ding, ding. Oh, uh, I would have gotten that one, Robin. Uh-huh. I got that. Yay. Second highest, but think about that. The second highest grossing after Christmas. That's pretty impressive. Uh, You're proud, aren't you? I'm super (laughs) proud. We're we're going for number one, too. We're going for number one this year. Um, This candy was the first wrapped penny candy in America. Taffy. Nope. Close, though. Caramel. Nope. Gum? Nope. Mints. Tootsie Rolls. Oh, I love Tootsie, Tootsie. That's Rolls. That's my favorite. Yes. Wow, that's good. Yeah, yeah, Tootsie Rolls are terrible. Tootsie Rolls. <laughs> We're no longer friends. Our... Robin and I'm winning. <laughs> uh, you are winning. You are winning. Um, what country is the birthplace of Halloween? Italy. Nope. Germany. Nope. Denmark. Nope. <laughs> You're, United States? Nope. You're in the right part of the world. You were Canada? in the <laughs> no, before that, you were in the right part of the world. <laughs> Ireland. Ireland. Oh, oh, ding, ding. 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 All right, Michelle gets that. She gets credit for that. Ireland. <laughs> it's not fair if you're looking them up. I swear I'm not. <laughs> I swear. 
Yep, it was uh, November 1st was the Celtic holiday, uh, New Year, rather, and so it was harvesting season, so there comes Halloween. All right, last question. So, um, Dion, you have a chance to tie, or Robin and Michelle, one of you might might come out the winner. All right, statistically, the biggest danger on Halloween is this, <laughs> and it's not what you think. Biggest danger. I would think poisonous candy. See, nope. I was staying away from poisonous candy. Right. Yeah, that's the first one. I was thinking a little more dangerous, like getting hit by a car. So, yeah, that's up there, Dion, but that is not the number one. <laughs> Candle burn. No, that's, that's a good one. <laughs> hey, jack-o'-lanterns. <laughs> that's actually a good one, too. It's Thank actually you. alcohol poisoning. Oh. Alcohol poisoning. Adult Halloween. Uh, okay. Who, who would have thought? But I have a bonus <laughs> tiebreaker question because, of course, you knew I would. All right. <laughs> this is a tough one. You really have to be a diehard Halloween fan for this one. Because the, ho- the movie Halloween in 1978 was on a tight budget, they had to use the cheapest mask they could find for the character of Michael Myers, which turned out to be a mask of this TV character painted white. Oh, man. So Fred think Flintstone? No. <laughs> It's actually, it's actually a real person. Um, but, if, person. but if you think of Michael Myers, you think like, oh, my God, that's right. That is what it looks like. I got nothing. I'll give you- <laughs> crickets. Where's yeah, the crickets. Cricket sound effect? So, yeah, the mask is actually a um, mask of William Shatner from Star Trek that was painted oh, wow. white. Now, wow. now you have to go back and look at Michael Myers and you'll totally see William Shatner. In his, Ruining it in his, for me. <laughs> I know. It's so much less <laughs> you know, scary. It's not I, I scary remember. now. I love Star Trek. Star <laughs> Trek is like, especially Shatner and all the original crew. I mean, you know, these people are just like That's awesome. where I was going. So, I, I think you just ruined Star Trek. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. when you're playing with Star Trek gods. All right. Well, so that's my Halloween trivia. I had to do it today. I know it's a little bit off of the, the career topic, but I took the opportunity to to talk a little bit about a great holiday where everyone can have fun and stay well, safe out there. So, okay, we are here with Robin Ryan. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. And we are talking about scary job search situations of which there are many, many out there. So we've talked about letting your network lag. We've talked about the fact that um, ageism and biases do exist oh, in yeah. there. Um, we've talked about bosses who are terribly scary. And we're going to go to Emily in New York. Emily, welcome to Career Talk. What's on your mind today? Um, I, I'm great. I just wanted to take part in your little quiz, the most dangerous thing <laughs> Which on is, Halloween. Yes, is what? Is getting fat. Yes, That's, yes. Thank you. that, that is... <laughs> Okay, I'll agree. <laughs> all right, forget all of the research and the surveys. I'm going to go with you there. <laughs> and pretty much it starts at Halloween and goes really all the way to January. That's so, correct. Yeah. yeah which and is, then you're so depressed in January because you got so fat and holidays are over that you just keep going through March. So yeah, well, 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 no, but, but first, Emily, you join a gym that you never right. go to, or maybe you go to for a week because you get a free personal training session or two, right, right. and then, you know, come. Come, come February, you know, but, we're, we've got the the Valentine's Day candy coming out. But the gym, the gym is the problem, you know, because you feel too fat to go to the gym. <laughs> I'm sure there are other people that feel That's the same way. But, yeah. So, well, <laughs> thank you for calling in and being thank part you. of our, our fun Halloween face-off quiz. 
You're listening to Career Talk. We are taking your calls all hour, 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham, and we are here with Robin Ryan, and we are talking about scary job search situations. Now, Don, I have one. Oh, fantastic. Okay. All right. I, uh, what's, this is scary for the employer Ooh. because they ask tough interview questions. You know, and that's scary for the the job hunter. But I had uh, an HR manager tell me yesterday, she said, I asked the person, if I called your former boss, I noticed you didn't give them as a reference. Is there any reason that they would, is there any reason why you didn't give it to us? And is there, you know, what would they say about you? And would they give you a good reference? And she said to them, uh, no, probably not. See, I got in trouble for embezzlement there. Hmm. I'm like, oh, the things people reveal. And TMI, because, TMI. You know, and, and we've had other people, um, they asked about, what's your worst boss? And the person looked at him and said, that woman was the demon possessed. She had Satan in her. And mm-hmm. I was working for Satan. And the person went on for like, you know, three or four minutes about how if he could work for Satan, he could work for anybody. And the, the hiring manager said, that's what they're going to say about me. I'm not hiring this guy. Yeah, so, really? so sometimes the job hunters are scary. <laughs> that is very true. Too much information. And here's the thing: I'll, I'll uh, clue listeners in on a little hint that we do um, in the job search. So recruiters, one of the things we want to do is we are tasked with hiring the best people and people who are going to fit in the organization and who are going to stick around and do a good job. So one of the things that we are trained to do is to befriend the candidates as much as possible to, you know, kind of reveal a couple of things about ourselves and, and get to the point where you feel comfortable as a candidate revealing things that you might not otherwise. So here's my tip for job seekers. The recruiter, the hiring manager, until none of them are your friends. Until you get the job offer you and, and start your job, you do not want to be revealing that type of information that you worked for Satan. <laughs> so we're going to go to Jerry in, in Pennsylvania. Jerry, welcome to Career Talk. How can we help you today? Well, I'm thinking about, uh, actually, I am going to make a career change. And the um, scary part is um, I've been working for a company for about five years and uh, would like to see if there's a way for me to approach my manager and ask him to recommend me on LinkedIn as far as some of the things that I contributed. But I just don't know how to go about doing that without um him getting upset about it about me leaving so he doesn't know you're you're looking for a job jerry i don't know i i i i don't know if he does or not well should i make him aware if i'm I'm looking that's probably another question no (laughs) yeah that's actually a very different question (laughs) yeah and and, so let's start with that jerry so first off yeah i mean here's the thing and i know people want to do the right thing but the right thing is most companies have an at-will employment which means that you need to give two weeks notice or whatever your contract says and Unfortunately, if you tip your hat and this new job doesn't work out, now you're 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 there and it's uncomfortable and they know you're looking. Um, and the sad fact is, is that if they are going to go through layoffs next week, they're certainly not going to give you a heads up. So to put to <laughs> Robin, yeah, just no. Um, so if you ask your manager to recommend you on LinkedIn, your manager is going to think you're looking for a job. I mean, it, or they, he or she might even ask you if you're looking for a job. And if they asked you, what would you say, Jerry? 
<laughs> Silence. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Gary, what about somebody yeah. else? Do you have a colleague that could write about your contributions or maybe a former manager that's left the company? Um, you might have somebody who's really a buddy that, you know, higher up that could, could write a recommendation and talk about what you contributed. That way you're not asking your hiring manager because I think asking your hiring manager tips your hand and, you know, some people get mad and they can fire you. So you have to be very careful. That's a really uh, touchy situation. Yeah, and I, I would always say if you're kind of struggling with something like this, play it out. Play it out in terms of, okay, I asked my manager. Now my manager asked me if I'm job searching. What do I say? Um, you know, and, and if, if you get there and you're like, well, have have nothing for that, then I totally agree with Robin. There's plenty of people out there um, who maybe you've worked on a project with. Maybe it was a customer. Maybe it was somebody who, um, you know, you worked on their project team and they kind of were sort of semi-supervised you or even somebody from outside of of the workplace that that you know maybe you've done some volunteering for things like that but I probably would advise you against asking your manager of course until you leave and are in the new job then you certainly can ask your manager because then you know that would be a great thing to have on your LinkedIn profile so Good luck, Jerry. We wish you all the best in your job search. Thank you for giving us a call on Career Talk. Hey, this show is all about you, the listeners. And if you have a scary job search situation, or maybe it's not that scary, but hey, you have a question you want to ask me or Robin, we would love to take your calls at one 844 844-942-7866. You can also tweet us at bizradio111. Hey, and if you're looking for more great tips and advice, you can follow my blog, dawnoncareers.com. I put something out every week. And for the Halloween show, let's continue, Robin, with our scary job search situation. So um, you were talking about the interview <laughs> and candidates who, who actually scare the interviewer. So one of the biggest scary situations that I've come across personally, as well as a lot of people who I've interviewed, is um, I've been asked a question and I don't have an answer. What do I do? I'm in, I'm in the pressure of the interview. Everybody's staring at me, waiting for me to respond with this great answer. And I, I, I blank. What do I do? So the, the first thing you want to do is see if you can stall for a second to think. And if it's not a situational question, because all they're going to do is repeat that, Ask them for some clarification. You know, could you clarify a little bit? You know, um, what is the budget? Or could you tell me a little bit about that project or that need so that I can make sure I adjust my answer to, to fit what your current needs are? So that's one option. If it's a situational question where all they're going to do is repeat it, um, one of the things you might have to say is, you know, that's a really terrific question. And I would have to research it before I gave you an answer. I'd want to make sure I was giving you the best information possible. So sometimes I will tell people, you know, I'll, I'll get back to you and I can email that to you tonight or I can email it to you tomorrow. Um, that's for a desperate person. They're panicking. They're starting to sweat. You know, we got to get them out of that crisis because maybe they do know the answer to the next question. Mm -hmm. um, love that idea. One other thing I like to advise people to do in addition is to say, can you ask that a different way? Because sometimes when you're asked a question in the interview and you say, you know, tell me about a time that, that the rug was pulled out from under you. And, you know, maybe as a candidate, you have no idea what 
what they're looking for to say, hey, you know, um, can you ask that question in a different way? And I might say, well, tell me about a time where you had to be really agile in your job to get it done. Now, all of a sudden, first off, you do exactly what you said, Robin, which is kind of stall a little bit. But two, the different way of them asking might inspire some some thoughts popping into your head and give you enough time to, to answer the question. So what if, though, they ask about a skill or an experience that you just don't have in your background. So so you're going for a job, maybe you're, you're transitioning a little bit, and they say, hey, have you ever worked with this computer program, or have you ever done this specifically, and you haven't done it? But, Don, that's a great question, because a lot of times people do get asked that. And what I tell people to do is draw a comparison to what that skill is, and be honest and say, I haven't done that, I haven't used, let's say, for example, um, it was uh, the creative suite of Adobe Illustrator. You know, I haven't used Illustrator. I do use Photoshop, and so because of those skills um, and all the tutorials that are available, I think I could come up to speed on Illustrator very quickly for you. And, um, you know, I do have a lot of creative background, too, that I could bring to it. So try to draw on a transferable skill or something that you have done that's related because sometimes they know, sometimes they ask you about their proprietary database that unless you work inside the company, you won't have the ability to do because you wouldn't have the experience. They're looking to see if you lie, if you try to bluff, if, you know, how are you going to handle this in the job? Are you going to say to them, no, I don't know how to do this, but I'm willing to learn, and I'm a quick learner, or are you going to try to lie your way through it? So be careful, because if you get caught in these lies, you will not get the job, and even if you did, you will get fired. Ooh, lies, lies, lies. I definitely want to come back to that one, but I, I completely agree with you. Here's the thing I think most candidates don't realize when they're interviewing for a job. There are probably no candidates out there who have every single skill that's listed in that job description. So it's I know a lot of my, my coaching clients come to me and they say, well, I don't have this and I don't have that and I haven't done this. Well, okay, they're never going to find the ideal candidate in the same way you're probably never going to find the ideal perfect job. But what I usually say is that the top three things are probably the most critical. And as you get further down that requirements list, those things are probably things that you that a lot of people either won't have or you can learn. Just a general rule of thumb. But don't stress out if you don't have every single skill because guess what? No one does. Hey, you're listening to Career Talk. It's our Halloween special. We're talking about scary job situations. And we're here with Robin Ryan and Michelle and Dion. And we are going to go to our pre-break quiz. Quiz. There's a quiz? Okay. So I'm going to stick a little bit with the Halloween theme since I, I have that liberty. And here is the question. What is the most popular candy sold in the U.S.? Think you know? We're taking your calls at 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. What is the most popular candy sold in the U.S.? 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. You're listening to Career Talk. We're live all hour. If it's Thursday at noon, we're on Sirius XM Channel 111. We'll be right back.
You're listening to Career Talk on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Here again is Dr. Don Brown. Fear of the dark. Fear of the dark. I have a phobia that someone's always there. back to Career Talk. I'm Dr. Don Graham. You are listening to our Halloween show, as you can probably tell by Dion's music. Hey, does your office let you dress up for Halloween? Why or why not? We'd love to hear from you at 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. We are here with Robin Ryan, and we are talking all about scary job search situations. So, hey, if you have one or you have a question, we would love to hear from you. And we're taking your calls right now at 844-942-7866. So, Robin, right before the break, I had a another Halloween-themed trivia question what is the most popular candy sold in the U.S.? And George from South Dakota, you've got a guess. Wonderful. My guess is M&M's. George, you hit the nail on the head. You are, you are 100% right. But, George, while I have you on the line, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to put you on the hook for, for just a couple of more questions about M&M's right. since you're such an expert. Um Uh-oh. How many colors of M&M's are there? And I was really surprised at this answer, George. Uh, I'm going to guess higher than I'm thinking. Yes. So about 21. <laughs> so close. So close. Michelle, Dion? Well, well if he's close, I'm wrong. I was, <laughs> I, I was thinking 16. Nope. I was thinking six. Yeah. I mean, Robin? I thought 24. 25. 25. Ooh, wow. So, so if we were in Price of Right, Robin, you would win that. But yeah, 25. Different colors, and I guess when you think about the different, like the pretzel ones and the the peanut butter ones and all that, but I have um, I have a little breaking news. In case you didn't see it, M and M's is coming out with a caramel filled one, and apparently this took a lot of of you know. R&D, because this is not easy to put caramel, apparently, in an M&M. But that's coming out next year. Look for it. I think they're going to be a big seller. Okay, George, one more question for you. And this is this is even harder. All right. What did the M's stand for in M&M's? Hmm. Oh, um, yeah. Shoot. Uh, it's M&M Mars. Uh, yeah, that's half of it. Well done. Um, <laughs> You're an M&M, M&M connoisseur. Mars. Mars and what? Mars and... Milky Way. I <laughs> Milky Way are one of my favorites. It stands for Mars and Mary Murray, M-U-R-R-I-E, who are okay. the, the two people who launched the candy. So, you know what? You probably just learned more about M&M's than you ever want to know. But are you going to a Halloween party this weekend, George? I'm not, unfortunately. You're not. But are you going to get dressed up? I always get dressed up. I've got to scare the kids when they come to the house. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> perfect. And you can give out lots of M&Ms. George, thank, right. you. <laughs> thank you for giving us a call on Career Talk and also for getting the quiz question right. Well done. Hey, we're taking your calls all hour at 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. And Robin, tell us about another scary job search situation. I think for most people, it's salary negotiations. And this is for women in particular. They're so scared of it, Don, that they won't even try. And that's why when we keep looking at so much of the disparity between men's salaries and women's salaries is that women um, are oftentimes 
offered a lower salary. Sometimes men are offered the lower salary, too. But the man says, I want to negotiate. And the woman just says, okay. Um, that's really scary to me because SHRM, the Society of Human Resource Management, did a study on this and said over your working lifetime, you are losing between a half a million and a million dollars. That's how much money you could have negotiated and earned. And, I mean, think about that. It'll buy a house, it'll buy a car, it'll pay for your retirement, your kid's going to college. So it's very, very important to negotiate salary. Yep. And and I've seen that stat too, that if you don't, from your very first job, if you don't negotiate over a lifetime, you stand to lose up to a half a million, which makes sense because your salary is what they base the percentage for your your um, salary raise and merit increases. So that, that compound over time really does add up. But let's talk a little bit about why it's so scary. I think one of the things that I'm asked most often about salary negotiations is, will they take the offer away if I negotiate? And that, that is terrifying to people if they believe that's going to happen. In, in my career, and I've probably counseled thousands of people, I saw it happen once, and it happened um, because she was asking for a lot of other things, and she hit them all up front with it. And they were trying to move a job for her from an administrative level to a higher manager level, and I just think there was a lot of things that you know, weren't right with that. But in every other case, so we're talking about thousands of people, they got more money. They were able to negotiate, and they were able to get more money. It's really fear. You know, whether you're afraid of they're going to take the offer away or I just want to be nice, I want them to like me, or I'm desperate, I so need a job, I just, I'm just so grateful because I need a job. You know, you got to be strategic when it comes to salary negotiation. It's an important part of your career management. And I will, I will say, and I've said this on the show before, that as a recruiter, if somebody didn't negotiate when I made them an offer, my first thought was I made a hiring mistake. Oh, that's good to hear. Yeah, and and I will tell people that because I expect people to negotiate. And even if somebody comes in and they say, this is our best offer, this is as much as we can give you, the fact is there are still things you can negotiate. Okay, maybe that is truly the highest base salary that they can give you, but perhaps you can negotiate extra vacation. You can negotiate your start date. Maybe you want a week, an extra week so you can take some time off between jobs. You can negotiate tuition reimbursement. You can negotiate so many things that I will share a, a scary story from my past. One of my first jobs out of college, I did not negotiate and I found out that um, a few months after I started that people who had similar positions and were hired around the same time had gotten sign-on bonuses. And you know what? Guess why I didn't get one? Because I didn't ask. Had I just asked, mm-hmm. I would have had a couple thousand more dollars, which, you know, coming out of college, you, you need clothes, you need you need a lot of stuff. And I'm like, oh, I kick myself every time I think about that because I just didn't ask. Simple God, as that. That's so important what you just said about the signing bonus. I'm seeing in a lot of positions across the country that, number one, the first offer is not the best offer. And number two, asking for a signing bonus, even if it's not there can put five or $10,000 more in your pocket. Mm-hmm. So those are two really important things that you've got to get right when you're doing the job search. So let's let's talk a little bit about how this plays out. So I make an offer to an employee. What what I think is the, the best response I could hear is, thank you, I'm really excited. 
let me let me take two days to review this and come back to you see if I have any questions and that's that's kind of what I expect now of course as think about this as somebody who wants to hire you somebody who's interviewed maybe 10 people narrowed it down to you and I want you to start I think you're the best fit now you kind of put me in the spot where I'm a little nervous because you're thinking about it I'm like oh I thought this is done I thought I was going to be able to call the hiring manager and say done signed sealed delivered and go home and celebrate but now you're kind of putting me a little bit on edge like wow this person may not accept huh so that gives you leverage and that's and I'm not saying that that it's um you know, the only way to do that. But I mean, asking for two days, you can sleep on it. You can think, well, you know, maybe it would be great to have an extra week vacation, or maybe it would be um, helpful to have a sign-on bonus. Or maybe you're relocating and, and the relocation benefits aren't going to be enough to cover your your costs and expenses. I mean, you really do want to review that offer in detail. And I, I find it really difficult to believe that there's ever a situation where you wouldn't come back and try and negotiate. What do you think, Robin? Um, I have to agree with you, and I see several different things. You can, you can negotiate because they have a medical policy that you're going to have a big deductible that you never had before, so you could ask for um, a salary boost to cover that. You could ask for a salary boost because their offer is a bit low, that you went to Payscale or Glassdoor and you did some comparisons, and in comparison to the competitors, they seem to the offers seem to be a bit low, and that you're not a below average employee. In fact, you're you know a superior uh, employee. So make sure you give them some uh, good reasons why they should pay you more. Those are the skills that they're looking for. That plays into it. And I think the, one of the things that people often do is they get themselves so worked up that they think, um, okay, I have to go in and I have to have all of these like facts and figures. And yes, you do have to to have a reason why they should ump your salary. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not because, you know, you, you'd like to take a nicer vacation this year. But one of the things you have to do is go in assuming positive intent. Because if you go in defensive, if you go in with a list of demands saying, here's, you know, the only way I'll take the job, then... Yeah, you're creating a situation that's going to be hard to get what you want. But if you go on thinking, hey, you know, this company really wants me. I really want to be here. I know I want to find a win-win. I'm sure they want to find a win-win. I'm going to ask some questions. And my favorite, favorite, favorite question to ask in the negotiations is, um, you know, thank you. I reviewed the offer and I see that you're offering me $65,000, you know, in two weeks vacation. Is there any flexibility? And the is your is there any flexibility gives you um, a lot of because you're not saying I don't want the offer you're just asking is there any flexibility and it gives them a lot of different ways to to add to that offer whether it's vacation or, or money or other things so that's kind of one of the questions that I always always have clients ask so we're going to go to Katie in Massachusetts Katie welcome to Career Talk how can we help you today. Thanks for taking my call. I, I was just wondering if you'd give me some advice of how to move back into the marketplace after um, mothering my kids for 20 years. And I'm 54 years old, and I was thinking of, like, starting out temping and just trying to get into the companies that way. But my skills have declined. I became a yoga instructor. I'm a MELT instructor, which helps people get out of chronic pain. So I'm thinking of the hospital setting and I just didn't know if you had any advice. Okay, so you've been out of the the job for 
for 20 years and you right now are doing part-time jobs in um, healthcare, so yoga and some yeah. other things, but you want to do something different. Well, I want to, I, I was in corporate America and um, I don't think I want to go back to that. So I'm thinking of more of a hospital setting, kind of giving back a little bit now that I've become a yoga instructor and I can help people with pain. I was thinking of volunteering at the hospital to try to kind of get in the door and then see what's there or being a scribe, something in the kind of hospital, giving back, helping people who are in tough, you know, in tough situations. Yep. Got it. So Robin, what would you recommend to Katie? Katie, the first thing is, are you looking for part-time or full-time? Um, it would be part-time for the next four years until my last one's out of high school and then full-time. Okay. So one thing you want to do is you have to be very focused and talk to the employer and show that you're ready to work. And if you go into a hospital setting, um, you're going to be working, you know, 51 weeks a year. You're going to be working during the summer. You're going to be working during vacation. You're not going to be able to go pick up your son or daughter after school. So you have to kind of accept that this is the transition you're going to make. Um, one really good suggestion is going to be do a little research. Try to look at who are the people that I know that work in a hospital. Do I know nurses? Do I know doctors, physical therapists? Do I know any, you know, radio, uh, uh, radiology people? And try to get a, a clearer idea of what's happening in the hospital. And you're talking about pain management and yoga. Sometimes that's taught through the cancer centers, um, that if you have big cancer centers, near you. You might find opportunity there. You can talk to the person that runs it and see if they're interested. Of course, you'd have to have some kind of training so that you're aware of how do I deal with people who are ill and recovering from some serious illnesses. Um, you may need to go back and take a few classes in you know, healthcare so that you've got some extra skills and some extra background to offer. Yeah, um, I, I like that advice, Robin. And, and one of the things I want to hone in on is, Katie, really figuring out what you want to do. So right now you're looking at it as, okay, I know I don't want to do corporate, and that's that's a big um, piece of it. So that's awesome. And then you're saying, well, I've done yoga and some other things that relate to healthcare, so I'm guessing a hospital would, would make sense. What I want you to do is to really step back from that and say, okay, what do I really want to do? Instead of saying, here's what would seems to be like the, the next logical step is to say, what do I really want to do? And what are my non-negotiables? So you, right now, your non-negotiables sound like that you can work part-time, but you can't work full-time. Um, to Robin's point, I don't know how flexible your schedule is in terms of working nights or weekends, which would be required in a hospital. So if that's something that's a non-negotiable, then you're going to say, okay, then you know maybe not a hospital, but maybe more of a doctor's office where the hours are, are more 9 to 5 than, than a hospital where it's 24-7. So you really need to, to think about how much how much money do I want to make? How far do I want to travel from from my home? How far do I want to commute? And I think when you start to kind of put those pieces together, I mean, it sounds like you like helping people. You like, um, you know, having an impact on individuals. So again, there's a lot of careers in healthcare that have to do with that that maybe aren't in a hospital. And to Robin's other point, start talking to people who are doing these things and say, what's it like? What's a day in the life of? Um, I like your idea of volunteering because because volunteering is a great way for you to actually experience 
what a day in the life of is instead of getting that secondhand information. So if you have the opportunity to do that, to do that, that would be a great start. It also gives you a foot in the door, as you already mentioned, Katie, gives you a, a broader network. If a job opportunity does open up that fits what you want, um, you're right there. You know the files, you know the people. So I I like that idea for getting back into the workforce. But I but I would encourage you to really think through your list of of non negotiables, which may change for years from now when your your children are out of high school. But for right now, what is it that, that you're going to need? Because you could have the greatest job ever, but if the schedule doesn't align with your children's schedule or if your commute is horrific um, or if you're, you, know, you have to work overnights and that's not working for you, then you know, you're, you're going to be unhappy. So Katie, thank you so much for giving us a call on Career Talk. We really appreciate it. Um, we are taking your calls all hour at 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. We're here with Robin Ryan talking about scary job search situations. And we talked about, uh, very briefly before, we talked about lies, lies, lies. <laughs> and and that's a scary situation because there are a lot of statistics out there that people, I guess it, it depends what you need to uh, to qualify as a lie, but um, you know, people who lie about their education, people who definitely embellish their skills. I mean, to downright people who just make stuff up on their resume. Companies are checking. Companies are checking. Right, especially education. Um, the the statistics that Sherm's put out that Society Human Resource Management is about one third of people will put on their resume that they have finished a degree that they don't actually have. And employers check, and they will fire you if you've lied about something like that. But it is amazing to me what happens is that people start lying, and they put it on their resume, and they, quote, unquote, forget to take it off. And then they, you know, their uh, VPs or managers or high-level positions they go after, and then they go do the background check on them, and they come back and said, you're lying, you never graduated from such and such a college. Oh, gee, yeah, I forgot about that. You know, <laughs> it's like uh, that that can uh, really damage your career permanently. So don't lie. Yeah. And I think people don't realize, too, with social media, um, it, you, we were talking about references earlier and right. somebody got a bad reference or, or was afraid her boss was going to give her a bad reference. Um, you know, nowadays you can give three references, but with social media, Recruiters or HR individuals are not limited to the three references that you give. They can very easily go on LinkedIn and find who your last manager was. I mean, it's not really difficult to to deduce. And they can reach out to that person. I mean, there's nothing saying they can't do that. So um, it's something for people to be aware of. Definitely. Um, Definitely. Yeah. So... Um, we are going to Tanya in Georgia. Tanya, welcome to Career Talk. We only have about a minute left, so if you can uh, ask your question really quickly, we'd love to help you. Okay, I have a daughter that has no experience, and I need to know how she can go about getting a job. She didn't do any internships or anything like that, but she's graduated. Okay, so this is this is pretty common. How is how is her network? Is is she um, connected to a school that you know she can? reach out to colleagues. Do you have a good network that she can reach out to? I do have a good network. She's a little introverted, so Got it. she doesn't what, reach out much. What is she looking for? Um, she Her her major was communications, journalism. Okay, so Robin, really quickly, <laughs> in 30 seconds, how can we help Tanya's daughter? Go 
on LinkedIn, look up all the people that's Mom's Connection um, or any friend's connection that are working in the publishing world, that are working in TV, radio, uh, newspapers, magazines, and try to reach out to them and say, you know, I'm just graduating. I was wondering if I could just talk to you for 10 or 15 minutes. I just have some questions, and I would suggest trying to find an internship a lot of times after they graduate they can still get an internship because in that field you kind of need it it's the it's the back door in Agreed. Um, I was I was thinking that too. And the other thing is getting into one of these companies, whether it's media or communications or publishing, and doing something that that really doesn't have to do with journalism, but like a ground, you know, being the receptionist or getting in the door and doing something that you know maybe you're an assistant, so you're not doing the writing, but you got your foot in the door and you're around people who are in this world and are probably well networked and can also help your daughter to learn the ins and outs of the industry, especially if she does not have any any concrete experience in that. So Tanya, best of luck to your daughter. And thank you for giving us a call on Career Talk. We are here for you all hour on Thursdays at noon Eastern time. And Robin, the time has flown by. How can people reach you? They can reach me at robinryan.com, R-O-B-I-N-R-Y-A-N.com. And my email is robin at robinryan.com. I also do uh, a newsletter giving free advice and encourage people to go to my homepage. I have an article called Hired Using the Hidden Job Market. So that's free, and definitely go read it. It will help you. Fabulous. And I'm on your blog, and um, today's was a great one. So go do that. You can also sign up for my blog at dawnoncareers.com. I want to thank all of our callers and our listeners, as well as Michelle Dion and Patty, who jumped in. Thank you so much, and happy birthday, Patty. Uh, she's born on October 31st. So you've been listening to Career Talk on Sirius XM Channel 111. Have a happy and safe Halloween, and we will see you next time. <laughs>